Hello everyone, are you excited? It's that time of the week again, time for 30 minutes of cross-generational banter. I am Big Tone and I am the re-educating dad. I'm joined by my co-host and daughter, Little Tone, who is under the impression that she is the one who's doing the re-educating here of her much older, much wiser and much more abundantly learned father. Is that about right, Little Tone? Yep, that's about right. <laughs> I think maybe we should hold a poll and see who's actually doing the re-educating. Oh, yeah, but I, I might lose and that would not be good for my <laughs> ego. <laughs> well, the, wet, the, wet, the weather here in the Cotswolds has turned really, really bleak. <laughs> I don't know what it's like there down there on the south coast. But... It's pretty nice. I mean, there's, it's been a, a bit wetter. We keep having these sort of quick spells of mad rain and wind, but... It's still pretty sunny and warm, um, but autumn is definitely here. Are you managing to put petrol in your car? Um, I was lucky enough to get petrol in my car on Saturday, but um, it ran out straight after me. So people are going mad down here. But you know what? It is it's the older generation that are freaking out. Oh, it's not no, young you people. would bring that up, wouldn't you? It's, it's true, I've noticed it. And you know what? It seems to be predominantly women as well. Oh. From 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 what I'm what what I can see. It's just like we, we're all panicking and going I mean, I was actually I'd I'd driven to go to, to have this um endoscopy um in Eastbourne, which is like an hour's drive away. And um and I ran out of petrol on my way back and I actually just really needed it. <laughs> but since I was there I was like, I'm just gonna fill up. Um but I've only got the smart car, so that's like twenty-five pounds. Um, but I I'm, just uh, it... I'm having no problem with fuel in my car. All right, you millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just plug it into my house. I don't need to put yeah. this dinosaur juice in the tank. Well, you've got to buy it first, doesn't you? <laughs> um, I the thing is, is it's not just the queuing up for petrol that's mad. It's the actual traffic it's causing so trying to drive anywhere while people are people are queuing up to you know an hour to get petrol and they're just causing all this traffic so that was one of the main problems for me it's just that you can't get anywhere by car well it's panic buying isn't it there's it's just that people are buying uh, are so worried that they're going to run out of fuel that they're queuing up for hours and hours one bloke apparently queued up for hours and then filled up his tank with 90p worth of petrol he sounds like a silly man. Anyway, let's get to the main meat. Uh, so it's the Labour Party conference in Brighton, your favourite city. I moment. would not say Brighton is my favourite city. Okay, well, you're once... Upon I do love Brighton, but it's not my favourite city. Okay. Is London <laughs> your favourite city then? No, probably not. I haven't, I haven't gone to a lot of cities, but I, I would very much liked York. Well, near us here in the Cotswolds, I recently visited Cheltenham and I was really, really impressed. It was like my little Kensington away from Kensington. So it, full of rich white people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like a mini Kensington. It's, it's the similar architecture, but it's very small. It's really nice. Anyway, look, we've got to talk about the Labour Party conference and... Um, as you rightly observed to me a few minutes before we started the show, uh, 
we have a, when we didn't have a subject yeah when we didn't have a subject <laughs> um shh, don't tell people that um they think we, they might they might think we know what we're doing uh they, they um we you raised the fact that we do not have a good op good opposition at the moment and looking at the start of the labor party conference at the moment i mean obviously i'm a tory voter um which according to angela reina i'm a piece of scum uh lovely woman isn't she she said um, it dad not me <laughs> <laughs> well even you're not that bad <laughs> um she's uh been well the leader uh, keir starmer has distanced himself from her remarks unsurprisingly as have other uh, leading members of the party but you know she's she it seems like it's a bit of a power grab by her in order to uh, try and um disempower him if if that's a word even uh which is not uh and you know he's looking weaker and weaker he uh the, the labor party have proposed well, the, the latest thing that they did at the, at the beginning of the conference was to propose a 15 pound minimum wage uh which is kind of nuts i mean if you know at a time when the when people are coming out of furlough wondering if they're going to keep their jobs is this a good time to try and push for a 15 pound minimum uh, 15 pound an hour of course minimum wage i i just think that is completely bonkers and i don't think why it, is it why is it bonkers well, what do you think is going to be the effect of that? Let's see that. Say well, that you you well, just, you've, run, you've been involved in the running of a small business in Brighton. Um, yeah. So you know what the pressures are on, uh, you know, people who run businesses, particularly small ones, uh, and what the effect of uh, of a, a you know a, a hike in salaries like that i mean minimum wage at the moment is sort of circa nine pounds an hour isn't it it's 10 pounds but i mean the the problem <laughs> is is that it's barely a living wage and we haven't had a salary we haven't had a minimum wage increase a proper one for a long long time so the problem is is that people and these are predominantly people that i know as well people that are living on minimum wage are living badly you know, well, so it's. But, but what's going to happen if you increase the minimum wage? That has to be borne by customers. That that's simply going to lead to a rise in prices, um, and that is going to lead to people losing their jobs too, because the employer won't be able to to afford to pay everybody that. Businesses don't work I'm, like that. Business. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I agree or don't agree. I'm just saying that I. I don't think that um, ten pound an hour is um, very easy to live off. No, it isn't. I, I I completely agree with that. But we're talking about a minimum wage, um, and a lot of people would be very happy to get a um, a job at that kind of level just to have a job. the The only way, as we've discussed many many times before, the only way of improving economic circumstances generally is to create wealth and creation of wealth requires the conditions that are uh, that are fertile for a business to survive and thrive well i mean i don't agree with that because that to me is you you are explaining an old system 
Um, and I think that there are other options. I just think that they aren't tried and tested. Well, give me um, one. Give me but one option. that's not our conversation today. The co our conversation oh. today is about the fact that, I mean, I, I'm really concerned that we do not have a strong opposition for the Conservatives. And, um, and what that means is that they have a monopoly at the moment, um, which is not good for anyone, really, because you need to have opposition. There needs to be d democracy. There needs to be a um, there needs to be lots and lots of different ideas at the table. There needs to be discussion, and that can't happen when there's not a strong opposition. Um, so I think the fact that the Labour Party is so weak at the moment is really worrying for the citizens of the UK. Well, you'll get no argument from me on that score. But what I was trying to explain is the reasons why they're weak. If if they put forward um, a, a policy which does which lacks credibility, lacks common sense, and has no you know no chance of being uh, of being successful, that that's one of the ingredients that results in them being a weak opposition. They're divided over it. Um, Keir Starmer doesn't uh, agree with a fifteen pound an hour minimum. Well, I think now I think I agree with you that now is the right time to be. I mean, that that to me doesn't seem to be the right policy to be pushing for. I think it would be better to be pushing for a pay increase for nurses and doctors in the mm. NHS. Like if they were going to be pushing for any kind of um, salary increase, it should be for those people that ha have helped us get through the last year. And, um, you know, the whole Labour manifesto seems to be strongly in support of... of um, uh, sorry, what are they called? <laughs> My brain isn't working. Key workers. It seems to be very, you know, very orientated around uh, supporting key workers and supporting their um, the investment they've made in keeping the public safe. And to be battling over the minimum wage for everyone seem, seems like a much harder starting point if that makes sense. I just think, why aren't you, if you can't agree on that one thing, can you not look at something that's probably a little bit more important right now? Yeah, um, but all, you know, there's that. There's also anti-Semitism has raised its ugly head again. So, you know, you've got that. Well, it's never been dealt with, has it? Never been dealt Well, Starmer came in on the, on the basis that he was going to deal with it. He seemed as though he was going to deal with it. But unfortunately, there are these factions within the party that just want to perpetuate it. Um, I mean, what, what, what are your feelings about Starmer? Boring. Um, you think he's boring? I think he's dead boring. Uh, you know, he's, he's a... He's a He's a barrister, and uh, he talks like a barrister. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to me to come over as someone who speaks from the heart. No. Um, and you, he doesn't have. You know, in a word, he doesn't have charisma. I mean, like Jeremy Corbyn did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was less boring. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, I, I, I'll um, give you. I'll give you that. And, and actually, Angela Rayner is a lot less boring too. Um, but unfortunately, who's, who's she's Angela Rayner. So Angela Rayner is the deputy leader of the um, Labour Party, and she 
she's a firebrand, you know, she, she, but I think that she's making a power grab. I think that she's not an ally to Starmer. I think she wants to wrestle the party away from him. And she's on that side of the party, you know, that was really very Corbynistic, um, very, very left wing. And that is going to do them no good because the seats that they lost to the Tories, the so-called red wall seats, that these are the kind of policies that alienated those people, largely people up north, because they just they've got common sense. These people, you know, they're, they're gritty people who know, you know, know things about the hard days' work, hard days' pay, you know, basic um, concepts like that, and they don't believe in all this pie in the sky, money tree business that um, the, the Corbynistas believe in, which you know, stand no chance because they, they, don't, they don't face reality. The reality of money's got to come from somewhere. Well, it is coming from somewhere. That's the problem. It's the, it's the, it's, there needs to be a redistribution of wealth. That's what they keep talking about. Yeah, but you have to have the, the wealth to dis redistribute. You see, you not have finished. Go ahead. You know, lot, uh, last year has created over a hundred millionaires. COVID has created a hundred millionaires, over a hundred millionaires, and that's really, that's really concerning, considering how many people have lost jobs, haven't been able to find work. And we are constantly um, putting the financial burden onto the poorest people in our communities. While, while we have people that have so much money that they don't know what to do with it. No, but those people so, form, a, form a small number and and this is you know this isn't something that needs to be contentious between us it's just facts whenever we tax we put taxes up the actual in the actual amount that comes into the treasury goes down because you you can't keep on saying like that girl did who wrote on her silly dress tax the rich you can't just sit, sit, first of all you've got to define hang on sorry 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 one second yeah. one second yeah do not dare call alexandra ocasio cortez a silly girl for okay. starters that's incredibly misogynistic language calling her a girl when she's clearly a woman that's she's silly incredibly woman. intelligent no she's incredibly intelligent she's done amazing things in her area that she looks after in new york and she is absolutely a huge icon of mine i think she's amazing and that dress was supposed to be a conversation starter well okay it started it started a conversation no I, you called her I'm... a silly girl and you need you need to look inwards at your use of language because right. that's it's well, not, I'm an old, not I'm an a good old, thing to I'm say i'm an old guy so you know you have to let me off you have to give me a pass but uh no, you're, you're exactly the kind of person that needs re-educating when you have this podcast <laughs> okay I, I take the slap on the wrist. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, it's, I don't think it's a particularly good look to spend $30,000 on a dress. and 10, She didn't. 000. She didn't. She wore a friend's, a friend's dress. She didn't spend any money on it. Well, she spent a lot of money on the ticket. No, she didn't. She didn't oh. buy the ticket. Oh, okay. Well, somebody spent a lot of money on the ticket. 
No, they didn't. They gave it to her for free. I don't think so. <laughs> yes, they did. You're talking bullshit. Well, somebody Please. must have Sorry. paid for it. So back to back to the UK government. Um, yeah. I really, really like Zara Sultana, and I hope that I'm saying her, her pronouncing her surname correctly. She's a um, West Midlands Labour um, MP, yeah. and she's had some really, really amazing um, conversations in government. Um, and I think that she she stands for. A, oh, she's quite young though. That's the only thing. It's so difficult because when you look at, if you look at the MPs in Parliament, they are all so old and out of touch with society. There's no, there's barely any representation of what Britain looks like in that room at all. It's, it's all very much probably true. It's probably wealthy, true aging white people, majority men, and I just think that. You know, I know that there's been like a reshuffle recently. I can't believe that we've got a, a new bloody leader of culture after we've literally only just got, just got Dowd, Dowden or whatever his name was. Is that his name? Dowden, yeah, I think so. Dowden. Yeah. We only just bloody got him and he's already been reshuffled out of the, out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the new person who's taken over culture is someone that has a problem with, you know, is using language like woke and snowflakes. Like, oh my god! And, and silly girls. Why, <laughs> why don't we? Why can't we find people that use the correct language that are respectful to other human beings? It's ridiculous. I do know what you're talking about with Keir Starmer, though. He's definitely um, politician. Uh, sorry, he's definitely a um, barrister, or whatever. A lawyer. He talks other, like a lawyer. The other vote-losing policy that he's come up with is to put a special tax on private schools, um, you know, which is, again, something that I think is going to alienate voters. Because most of the, the Labourites, the, the Labourites who, who are sort of leaders in the party, are all privately educated. We, you and I have already discussed. We need to just end public, uh, private schooling because what it does it, it sets. Um, it, you know, we. Oh God, this is so annoying. All of this stuff is so annoying. All we do is end up with a parliament that's full of rich white kids, like just people that have had private education and have been handed a job by someone. They're not even qualified. These people are not even qualified to have these jobs. What jobs? As an as MPs. Well, what, what's, what's even, the qualification? The qualification is you have to, you have to be able to lie a lot and not yeah, keep exactly. any promises. That <laughs> isn't that a problem? Isn't shouldn't we be trying to kind of like, you know, oh god, I just it's it's just it all feels so infuriating all of the time. Like we should be looking up to these people. These they're supposed to be progressing the human race. <laughs> it's like. They're all liars and losers and just horrible people. Yeah, the problem it's like is, Game of Thrones, but with real people's lives. The, the problem is when you come to try and fix it, because, you know, as we've discussed, I'm sure, on previous episodes, you know, democracy is, the, is, is you know, a very bad system, but it just happens to be the best of all the rest. The best of the worst. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, be- I, I, um, I believe in democracy, but I don't think we have democracy at the moment. I mean, we certainly don't without a good opposition. And, you know, but I, I think that there should be, there should be minimum require- requirements that need to be met for people to be able to be MPs in the first place. And I don't think that they should all be money-based. I think that they should be, you know, you know, like, for instance, in Germany, they expect all children to, you know, well, during their education, they all have to take like a year, um, a year to do some kind of service education. And that might be army, it might be doctor, it might be, um, you know, like a social worker. They all have to, to do a year. And that to me seems like what, you know, if, if, there should be some requirements that are met, like for any job, like you should probably have a degree in this, or you should, if you don't have a degree in that, you should probably be able to prove to us that you have some sort of knowledge or, or you know, understanding of but the only people... what poverty looks like in the UK. Where are, where are the most impoverished areas in the UK? What does, it, what does that look like for a family of four who can't feed their children? You know, these, these people don't have a freaking clue. The problem They're so is out with, of touch. The problem is with that sort of um, qualification process is that it offends against the principle of democracy because really democracy should be decided by one thing alone and that's the votes of the people, having the support of the people. And once you start but we know setting... The, but we know that people aren't even voting. They aren't even engaged. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the the um, the Jeremy Corbyn year, that was the most amount, of, you know, the most amount of young people that's ever signed up to vote. But mm. it still wasn't enough people. You know, the, the votes of the nation aren't, don't represent the nation because so many people aren't voting because they're disengaged with politics because they don't feel like their voices is, is being listened to. That's my um, opinion. Well, there's probably a lot of truth in that. But then, what do you, what system do you do you put in place? There's there are countries, um, as you know, where voting is a legal requirement. Maybe that's something that should be considered. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it should be, Um, and I I certainly think we're doing better than the states are because obviously there's so much money. Uh, in campaigning over in the states and i think that that really um makes um campaigning a dirty business it does you know because you get these huge donations coming in from anonymous companies and stuff like that um so i think that 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 is definitely better in the uk but i I certainly think um i think that voting should be a, um, a legal requirement so, but then um, I guess the problem is, is that you would get people walking in and just ticking a box because they have to do it, and not because they're actually interested well, in learning. Or, or they would spoil their ballot papers, which is a, a you know favourite protest thing to do. Um, just waste their vote. But uh, I'm really, I also um, on this subject, I really worry about the language that is used, being used all the time, not only in Parliament especially when they're being rude to each other all the time, really embarrassing. But, I mean, also um, the language in which they communicate with the public about restrictions and, and stuff like that. There's so much, well, this probably won't happen and we don't think this is going to happen. And when they say stuff like that, we don't think that the petrol will run out. They, they are perpetuating the issue with 
uh, the issue with um, the media scaremongering. Well, the, wor the worst thing they said was, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> exactly so that was pretty dumb um but, but yeah we know, the problem is we know that they're liars and we know that they don't follow their own rules look at uh what's his face with the woman that he was having an affair with and you know when he was supposed to be hands face face or whatever and he's literally macking out with her in the corridor well his, na <laughs> his name was hancock <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, he literally was one of the policy writers. Yeah. And, and he was not even following his own rules. Yeah, that was. Like, the problem is, is that there's no. Um, the public have no faith in our government at the moment. Well, so I don't do know. That, that? I, I don't know that I could agree with that because Boris's popularity is high. You know, for, I don't know how. I don't know how it is. People just love him. I think people. I think people believe in the approach that is taken. Um, you know, as opposed to someone coming up with the idea of you know ending private schools or putting up the you know minimum wage at a time when it's the last thing you ought to be considering doing. Um, and talking about the other, the opposition as you know, just scum and all this, or even people, and I think that she even implied that people that voted for them were scum too. I mean, that, that sort of language just turns people off. I mean, and, it should do. There's no respect in that language at all. As, we as, need as politicians to respect each other. Yeah, and I think that the pub, the public always say that they they say you know like on on programs like you know on Question Time when they they are asked a question a politician is asked a question they spend ninety percent of the time running down the the, the other side. And yeah, and everyone's watching, going, "What the hell is wrong with these people?" Exactly, and you know we want people. I think the public wants people to work together in a collaborative way. To fix problems, not in the I way of that, yeah. we wouldn't have done it that way. We would have done it, you know. And the opposition spent this because, much on this and blah blah blah. At my Nobody great fucking cares, uh, fix the country. <laughs> at my great age, you know, one thing that I have discovered is that there's rarely a right answer and a wrong answer. You know, there's there's you the, the right answer or there's as near as possible to the solution, not not to use the word right, the, the terminology right answer, the nearest you can get to it is something between the two, usually. <clears throat> I, I, and I, I'm going to completely agree. I think you've hit the nail on the head there with um, the respect thing, because oh, I'm losing my train of thought. But I think that that is absolutely paramount that is something that is needed so much in parliament more than it is needed anywhere else in the uk we need we need people to be more respectful more compassionate and more kind to each other and i genuinely believe that if that happens then we will make more progress but we we spend i mean i've watched so much of these like you know the itv live in parliament uh, things and I'm, I get so frustrated watching how disrespectful they are to each other. 
and how they're all like, like really smugly laughing at and, you know, clapping and, and sniggering, you know, to each other. And it's like, nobody wants to see this like playground behavior. We want, we want to make things better. I think also we really need to objectively look at the problems that have occurred through uh, going ahead with Brexit, because I think that it's some big issues that are, are starting to come to the surface, um, which might be something for another episode. Well, but, I'm afraid we'll be on opposite sides on that one, <laughs> because well, I, think, yeah, maybe. I, think, I think that uh, Brexit has been a really good thing for the country, actually a lot better than I would have thought it uh, was going to be, because it's enabled us to navigate crises um, like obviously the COVID one and being the, the main one uh, and not to be uh, subject to EU rules. And I think the EU have really conducted themselves badly over the whole Brexit issue. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to disagree that they, that they've, I don't think that they've acted well. I think they've been quite petty, but hmm. I also think that, um, particularly for, for my industry, it's been pretty damning. You know, it's, it's nearly impossible for artists to now go, go and tour Europe. And that is where most artists were making their money because they pay a lot more money in Europe. Well, uh, we... yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that. I, I've always been a believer in freedom of movement. I think that we should, uh, you know, we should encourage that people being able to move around without border restrictions, you know, except for obvious things like stopping crime and that sort of thing. I don't think we should be. I think we should be attracting people to this country who can add to our, uh, you know, to our development as a nation, who can contribute something. We don't, we don't want to bring people in who are going to do the opposite to that. And, and it's quite right that we should limit our um, immigration uh, to skill sets that are required. But uh, we, do, we still have to help people. We still have to help people that are in danger. Everyone yes. does. Every yes. country that can afford to help people that are in danger should. Yes, I don't disagree. Um, don't disagree with that. That's that's uh, that absolutely that goes without saying. Um, and I and I think on the whole we do that. Uh, have you seen? Sorry, have you seen all the memes where there's like people coming over in, in like these tiny boats, and then you can see the border control coming over in their boat, and then someone's put like a speech bubble on top saying, "But can you drive a lorry?" <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. I haven't it's seen so that. It's quite, that's it's quite so good. good. Yeah. I mean, it's bad, but it's also good. Um, but it, I mean, like, it's obviously Brexit's definitely affecting our food importation or importing anything. And, you know, we've lost lots and lots of lorry drivers. Um, yeah, but the lorry driver crisis is, is, is Europe wide. Um, and it and it goes. It, it's much deeper than simply a, um, a Brexit issue. I mean, you know, lorry drivers has been un, have been underpaid for many many years, uh, and only now, in in response to market forces, are they getting getting a decent income. They also have terrible conditions. You know, terrible conditions. Yeah, you know, really bad. Really bad. And the, and then the government. Uh, you know, bought in this I-35 business, 
which disincentivized a lot of people, for a lot of drivers, because they they were now in a different tax. You know, they were treated as treated as employees. Um, but um, also, you know, they lorries have such a huge impact on the environment, um, like freight freights do, whatever you call them, the boats that have freights, whatever you call it. Um, but I don't see how they could ever be electric. I don't see how a lorry oh, could ever be yes. electric. Yes, Tesla. Tesla have been working on a lorry for a long time. To be continued. Yes. A conversation on how you know, we, you, whatever capitalism continues to increase, but the impact is non-existent. No, no, it is capitalism that solves all these problems. It's going to be the thing that solves the climate problem, actually. But anyway, lots more to discuss. We're out of time. Thank you very much. You enjoyed our little banter. And, Sorry about uh, our, our rambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, a, that's what natural conversations do often involve rambling. It's unnatural conversations that are scripted that, uh, you know, that uh, are unrambling, but then rather boring. Well, hopefully this hasn't been too boring. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Um, I hope our listeners did. Please uh, do contribute uh, to our discussions uh, via our Facebook, etc. Oh, Tony's face is gone. <laughs> we that will tell you that we also record these on video. Um, and oh, she's lost the internet. She's just sent me a message. So I'll have to say goodbye on her behalf to you, dear listener. And do visit our Facebook Facebook page and uh, let us know what you think. We always love to hear your contributions. And uh, we, will, we will try and reply to everyone. Thank you very much. It's goodbye from me. And Tony says, on an electronic message to me, and goodbye from her. <laughs> See you next time. Bye for now.